0: we
1: Welcome to the invincibly super massive comic book podcast of stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, editor in chief of Comicvine.com. and with me today we have the writer of Exo Manowar, uh, Green Lantern, Demon Knights, um, co-platter, co-writer on um, Green Lantern Corps. We have Mister Robert Venditti. How you doing?
0: Oh, pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on, Tony. I appreciate it. I appreciate you
1: being here. I appreciate you in general.
0: Thank you. That's very kind of you to say.
1: So um, let's, let's start with Green Lantern, because that, that came out last week, issue yep. um, 21. Um, how are you feeling now that the book is out? Because you know, I, I kind of joked, a, a, I didn't mean you know, it, to gear it directly towards you about you know, the no pressure mm-hmm. outlet. So you, you know, you're taking over after a, a guy that wrote the book for, for nine years – so how's it feel? Noted books out there. And I'm assuming the response was well?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, not, you know, not just pressure for me, but for Billy Tan as well, having a follow up, Doug. I mean, you know, Green Lantern is obviously, you know, one of the one of the big properties in all of comics. You know, it's it's got lots of readers. It's been popular for a very long time, in large part because of you know Jeff and Doug and and all the time and work they put into it over the years and things and so um you know I was nervous about it of course you know you uh, we all worked really hard on it and we wanted it to be received well and you know happily it has been received well so far I I just uh you know spent last weekend at, at Heroes Con in Charlotte North Carolina where I go to the convention there every year and so you know the I was there Friday Saturday and Sunday which just a couple days after uh, you know the Green Lantern issue came out, and you know a lot of fans came by and were telling me that they really liked how the issue went, and they were interested in the plot threads that we were opening up, and you know they liked how we transitioned out of the out of the previous run and things like that. And we had a panel at the convention, and you know a lot of people there were asking questions, but uh, you know it was all positive stuff, you know. And it, I think that there's a couple of things that people have uh, sort of been. I don't know. It's almost like they think I don't understand the continuity of the way some of the things operate. And I don't want to put too fine a point on it in the interview because I don't want to, um, I don't want to highlight it because it, it's a big reveal that's coming. But the things that people think maybe I don't understand the continuity are actually, you know, mysteries that are going to be resolved here and, and very soon. So so far things seem to be going uh, really well, and you know we're really happy about it. But it's one of those things with a monthly comic book that you allow yourself to breathe a sigh of relief for a few hours and then you spend the next 29 days worried about what people are going to think of the next one, <laughs> you know? So it's uh, just kind of that grind, you know?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought it was great cause uh, you know, I, have been digging, I, I've always been a, a fan of, of, of Green Lantern, Hal Jordan since super friends, you know, when there, mm-hmm. there was that one like season or two that was really cool and, you know, because you didn't have the Wonder Twins, which, you know, they're all right. You know, you didn't have uh, Wendy and Marv, uh, but you, you actually had Green Lantern, you had Flash, you had Hawkman. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember when I first saw him, I was like, wow, this guy's cool. And and so when when it first came out that, you know, you're going to be taken over, that, that Hal's taken over the, the Green Lantern Corps, and he's taken over from the Guardians, and I was just like, wow, this, you know, because Hal is like this, not necessarily like a rebel, but, you know, he's always been, you know, he's done what, what he needs to do. You know, he's supposed to be the greatest Green Lantern, but he doesn't necessarily play by the rules. And, and it's always been like that, even, you know, when, when he was a, a pilot and everything. But then after, after reading it, you know, I, I really do like that you're not just, you know, playing it safe, I guess we can say. You know, you're, sure. you're not just continuing the, the same type of stories that we've had for, you know, nine years. And, you know, it's like the same thing, you know, Rick Remender when he took over Captain America, you know, from Ed Brubaker. You know, instead of doing the same thing, let's take the character in a new direction and kind of let him evolve a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to – I can't do, you know, Jeff's stories the way that Jeff does his stories. You know, I mean, he's the best there is of what he does, you know, to use a a vague comic book line there. Um, But, uh, you know, I have to write stories the way – that I write stories, you know. Otherwise, I would end up sounding like a cheap knockoff of Jeff, and, and nobody wants that, you know. So, I, I mean, I definitely want to be respectful of the continuity and the great mythologies, and you know, this. You know, I really wanted to retain this the sense of scale and scope and and wonder and imagination that he brought to the series. That, in a lot of ways, I think Green Lantern represents the best of what comic books can be. You know, there's just some great moments that he had in his run that as I was going back and researching all his issues that I would come across them and I would read them and you just can't help but smile about the you know, just the creativity that he brought to the page and everything. And so I definitely want to try to retain those things, but also um you know, write stories the way, the way that I know how to do them and and uh, you know, we're we're opening up some new conflicts and things like like having How be core leader you know that that's what the conflict is i mean he's a guy who's you know chosen to be a test pilot you know in his in his pre-hero life or whatever have you and you know that's not like being a platoon sergeant you know a test pilot is somebody that goes in the cockpit and does crazy things and can be heroic and all that but at the end of the day they know that they're the only one who's going to have to pay for those choices making a guy like that a leader where he knows now that everybody around him is going to pay for the same choices there's going to be a learning curve there and and how does he deal with that kind of situation And I also think that for the reasons you mentioned before, you know, Hal Jordan is the greatest Green Lantern. And so from that aspect, it makes sense to me that the Guardians would try to put him, you know, as the leader of the Corps. Because in light of all the things that they've been through, you know, not just going back, but even recently, things like Rise of the Third Army and Wrath of the First Lantern and, you know, the infrastructure on Oa being through so many battles and getting kind of decimated and the ranks of the Corps really being— You know, chipped away at as as they went through these events, and they lost lanterns and things like that. Like, how is this guy who has been instrumental in them rising above and coming out on top of a lot of these events? And so, whether he necessarily has the innate leadership skills or not, he's still viewed by those around him as as a guy who knows what he's doing and and you know, somebody they'll rally behind and things like that. And so. In that aspect, you know, the Guardians elevate him to this this role of, of core leader, and he's sort of put in a position where if all the little ducklings are following him, whether he wants to or not, at some point he's got a side to help him across the street or they're all gonna get run down, you know, and that's kinda the conflict that he's got there.
1: And so you you started issue twenty one just right right in the middle of it. And and so I I I like that the, I mean, I don't know if there's a name for this this story technique, you know, storytelling where you know like you a
0: flash forward,
1: yeah, and then then it's like, okay, here's all this this crazy stuff that's happening. Then let's back up a bit, and then we'll slowly see, you know, let let events catch up. So you know, I and and I, I have to commend you for for using soon rather than a specific you know time period because mm-hmm. I you know. especially like in the new 52, sometimes if you get too specific on, on, on time periods, you know, it it can get a little sticky. So I like that because, you know, we, we see that they're in the middle of this crazy battle and right before it, it flashes to the current time, we, we get a glimpse of who they're fighting. Mm -hmm. But then as the story progresses, we see that there's something that happens before that. So, I, I I love that you know I almost didn't, didn't catch that the first time you know looking through it where you know you, you see a certain person out there in the distance.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, it's relic. You can say who it is. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's relic. Yeah, he'll be the <laughs> uh, the feature of the. Um, I mean, are you trying not to do spoilers? Is that what you're trying to do? Well,
1: I mean, it's it's been a week, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah. they they should should have read it and yeah.
0: But, but he's he's gonna be the uh, the feature as it's been announced of the one of the Green Lantern villains month issues in September will be. You know, a twenty-page comic solely about him and his origin and all that kind of stuff. So,
1: now some of the speaking of villains, villain months um, mm-hmm. is Green Lantern only going to have one villain? Because I know uh, so, some books have like like two or three, like a point one and point two.
0: Yeah, I, I believe there's four. And let me try to name them. There, there's Relic, so he's a new villain, and then the other ones are established. Uh, one is Sinestro, another one is Black Hand. And I believe the last, the third, the fourth one is Mongol.
1: And are these are all going to be in Green Lantern?
0: Yeah, that's going to, you know, uh, they're Green Lantern, I guess you would say Green Lantern group uh, villains. Well, so it's not like they're all going to be Hal Jordan villains or whatever. You know, they're just Green Lantern group villains kind of thing, you know.
1: So, I mean, I, I guess what, what I'm saying is like, is there going to be a, a Green Lantern Court 23.1, Green Lantern 23.1? Or is there going to be like Green Lantern twenty three point one point two point three?
0: Yeah. Uh that's a good question. I don't know. I you know, I I haven't seen the covers for that. How they're gonna how what the what the cover treatments are gonna be on those others. I believe Relic is the only one that they've released so far. I could be wrong about that. They could have released some others. Um so I don't know if it's like Green Lantern core scratched out with, you know, Mongol or yeah. whatever. But so I'm not entirely sure, but um I just know about the Green Lantern one which is Relic, yeah.
1: And that, and that's the one you're working on?
0: Yeah, it's already done. I mean I, I wrote that actually I got Greenlit as the new writer of Green Lantern back in December. And so I turned in issue 21, which is the issue that you know came out last Wednesday, and the the Relic Villains Month issue, both in January. So they've both been done for a very long time.
1: Wow. So back in December, you said, because I think it was like February when it was announced that Jeff was leaving.
0: Uh, It was January. Was yeah. it January? It was January, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I, it was January. I remember when it happened, yeah.
1: Okay, so you you had to keep that a secret and like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm."
0: yeah, I mean I'm I'm not uh, you know I I can keep secrets you know there's a lot of things we're working on that I don't want anybody to know too much about either and so um, like suddenly you're wearing a lot of green shirts and like that's right yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think Jeff Lemire did that at New York Comic Con last year he wore a Green Arrow shirt and nobody knew that he was writing Green Arrow yet and then after he got announced as a writer Green Arrow all these people realized they would taken pictures of him at the con wearing a Green Arrow shirt. You know, so, so now we gotta. Now everyone's gonna be making Always assumptions. Keep an eye on what Jeff Lemire's wearing. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, at the end of issue, actually, uh, so, uh, I, I don't want. I guess we don't have to get into it. The that there's another threat that they fight before we get so we see, see Relic. You know, properly in the issue, but we we get this this tease at the end for the the future of green lantern mm-hmm. yep. so now uh, how is that you're just like okay you know mm-hmm. hey billy draw this draw you know i mean is he like fully aware like i mean i don't know like is this like the next couple months next year Or i, I don't know if that's gonna give anything away
0: uh no all that stuff that you see in that villain month issue i mean in, in the in that uh teaser at the back of green lantern 21 all of that will have taken place by October, okay so that's all you know uh pretty near in terms of number of issues and uh yeah, I mean the whole you know Billy Tan obviously knows what's going on, you know and and uh this is all stuff, just as a writer, you know, not even beyond that, just in life in general, I tend to be a pretty organized guy, so I really uh outline things and plot lines and stories and all that, so I mean, these are all things that I knew about. For months and months and months. So when they they emailed me and asked me, you know, to give them some ideas for a, a teaser image, you know, what's coming up in the future of Green Lantern or whatever, it was very easy to do because all those plot lines were already laid down, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, of course we have Relic, you know, front and center, mm-hmm. and we see uh, Hal Jordan wearing his his flight jacket. Mm-hmm. So hmm, could he be depowered? He's got the ring on. Mm-hmm. Um, now okay, so it looks like. He wears a ring on his middle finger, right? Is that like?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, typically, I don't know if he is in that image. Or I, I, th- not I believe like he is image. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: I, I always, I always wondered about that. Where, you know, they like what? Why? Why the middle finger? I mean, maybe because the center <laughs> I guess some maybe <laughs> Green
0: Lanterns can get married too and wear their wedding bands to work. I don't know. I guess
1: yeah. that I, I, I remember. Um, I'm, I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but I remember there was a there was an issue when when Kyle was Green Lantern, and, and I think it was Kyle. Um, Connor Hawk and maybe it was Wally West. They were they were somewhere and they're civilian guys and they were like going on a cruise or something. And then some the the bad guys they they were looking and they saw Kyle was wearing a Green Lantern ring. So I was like, that seems like it's kind of a, a giveaway there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know
1: I don't yeah. know if you should should wear that. And I, I guess the yeah. same could be said for you know Flash if he's got this big old yellow Flash ring.
0: Yeah, yeah, or you know, underdog. You know, he's always got that ring with the pill underneath it.
1: You know, so he, you
0: never see Shoe Shine Boy
1: <laughs> wearing, wearing the ring. That's, that's weird. I wonder how many people actually know who Underdog. Uh,
0: is. I don't know, man. How old are you? Uh,
1: old enough to remember to.
0: Yeah, because you threw out some Super Friends earlier, and I yeah. know that's kind of a touch-tone thing. Well, well, it, Super Friends are they're on, too.
1: they're on you know DVDs. I mean, think, I think most yeah. of them are are out. Yeah. But uh, there was a recent underdog movie, live action movie.
0: Uh, yeah, my my kids uh, saw it. It was all right, I guess. Yeah, you know. But, yeah. yeah. Jason Lee is underdog. I was like, mm, yeah, okay. Um, but
1: yeah, so shoe boy. There's no shoeshine boy in the movie. I don't think. Um, so going back to the the, the future teas. So we'll we'll find out about relics soon because right now we know nothing. Just it. He's gonna be this big evil bad guy that's gonna right. cause problems. We're all
0: like Schultz. We don't know nothing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now there's this woman here. Uh do we know anything about her yet? Uh you don't,
0: but you will next issue.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then these guys behind her, they they look pretty good. So like these soldier type hooded masks yep. wearing guns.
0: Yep. And then You'll- I mean, uh, I'm wondering if I, wonder if I should tell you where you're going to read everything individually. But yeah, uh, nah. <laughs> you're going to get it all before October. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're new, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I, you know, I, I like being surprised, you know, once in a while, too. You know, I don't I don't need spoilers. And that way, when it comes, you know, you, you're not expecting sure. it. Although some people might be like that guy. Those guys are cool. I want to buy. Five issues of those, so I need to know where it happens. And,
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, they're they're new as
1: well. Yeah, and then you get we have Mogo in the background, so it's like, hmm, mm-hmm. what's going to happen with Mogo? Cause Mogo's Mogo's always going through some stuff. He is. Like, yeah, like
0: just, is Mogo he now? Um, you know, that's a good question. I usually refer to Mogo as it. Yeah, and like uh, my scripts and everything, I I refer to it as uh it.
1: I'm, I'm trying to remember if they ever.
0: I, I have a vague recollection that they
1: changed the gender, but maybe not. Maybe I'm yeah, just, just I'm not
0: sure. I would usually like I say I, in my scripts and everything, I refer to Mogo as it.
1: So okay, I'm looking on the, the Comic Vine page for for Mogo and the gender is listed as other. So I guess yeah. there, there is
0: I, I don't even know if it's been defined. I guess maybe it has, you know.
1: Um yeah, but, I guess we don't need to worry about I guess we don't really need to think about that. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. MOGO's a planet.
0: Can't, right. Can't I mean, have- my understanding of the of it is that Mogo is just a planet. That's my understanding of the situation, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess maybe I could be wrong about that. I've gone back and read, I guess, all of Jeff's run, plus some other stuff, but I've by no means read, like, the entirety of the Green Lantern run, going all the way back into history or anything like that. <laughs> so, I mean, if I, you know, so I don't know, I guess, what <laughs> Mogo's deep background is yet.
1: But, yeah, It'd be- yeah. It'll be like, maybe it'll be like uh, next September in two thousand fourteen
0: I, I want to say that i I, I remember reading um, you know gosh, i don't know when it would have been, but in one of the big events you know i mean I, I read all those two hundred issues in the span of about a month, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint exact lines of dialogue, but I want to say that like John or somebody referred to mogo as big guy or big fella or something yeah, like that that you know? sounds right but uh i i't I, I couldn't give you a Uh, an exact point on when that happened you know uh
1: like a a year or two ago i i I picked up one of those uh it was a green lantern hardcover and it had like the very first appearance like hal you know started that that run and showcase or whatever and you know think about it afterwards because the whole idea is are their costumes real clothes or are they light constructs and sure. right now, it seems yeah. like they're they're like constructs, and you know, like like in the picture, Hal obviously doesn't have his powers, but he's wearing his flight jacket, and we've seen that a couple times, and then they just you know put the costume on over him, and that's sure. how, yeah. how it was in in the the, the delightful movie as well. And,
0: um, <laughs> I actually haven't seen the movie. So. It's, it's, yeah. a it's, lot of people have mentioned it to me, uh, you know, at the convention or whatever, but I, I've actually never watched it, which isn't a isn't me casting aspersions against it or anything. I mean, you'd be probably stunned by the number of movies I haven't seen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I,
1: I like Ryan Reynolds. I don't think he was the right casting choice Mm -hmm. or, you know, he would have been more of a Kyle than a hell. And, and I just felt they, I thought they put, tried putting too much in there, you know, having, um, you know, parallax and having, uh, Hector Hammond. And my, my, I, I, wish they would have gone with Jeff John's secret origin, and because you you really don't get any of the the Hal and Sinestro you know story in, in right. a movie. so oh, I see yeah and and you know it, it it seemed like it was set up like you know Sinestro could be a problem if there ever was a, a sequel, and if if that did happen it's like it w- wouldn't have the same impact it's like here's this guy that you know talked to him for like you know five minutes, so I mean yeah, I mean it wasn't Horrible. I mean, some people don't like it. I, I you know, I, I, I thought it was cool. There was a lot of cool parts and, you know, seeing live action constructs and, you know, seeing them out in space. And, you know, there's some cool parts. And I mean, some people, the vocal haters will probably be getting all over my back when they hear me saying that. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, going back. So, I, I, you know, I, I thought about this because originally the, the costume was, was an actual costume. So, so that means when when Hal first got the ring, there's here's this alien that crashes he, to Earth.
0: He'd also have to find a phone booth.
1: <laughs> he, no, it, I mean there's there's times where he had the costume like kind of fly in or something like that, or I think he could like hide it. The ring could do all this crazy stuff. It's like there it was sure. always doing all these new things, like in, in you know depending whatever the story was, and and that just made it you know more enjoyable when when you know rereading them now. But if you think about it, so Hal gets this ring and and then he has to strip the costume off this dead alien and then he puts it on. And you know, there's there's no way he would have washed it first. <laughs> and and it's just like
0: that's and unless the Green Lantern made a construct washing machine, maybe. Yeah. Unless I, I, he he had the ring do that instinctively. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's just
1: like, hmm that's 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 interesting, Hal. <laughs> All right. Um now, so this week, today it's Green Lantern Corps. Um, I that the official solicit, which I know, I know I always ask you guys. It seems like you guys usually aren't aware of what the solicit actually says. So I'm I'm so curious who's who's writing these solicits because a lot of times you know I've I've gone over these with with people on the air and um, so this one. I'm assuming has changed, but it says it's nonstop action as Green Lantern Corps faces attacks on O1 Earth, and Guy Gardner is presented with a choice that could change the balance of power between the different Lantern Corps forever.
0: Um, uh, why do you think? Let me let me because I'm I'm being trying to be cagey here. Okay. Why do you think? Why do you think that that no longer applies? What's your reasoning? Um.
1: Well, the the main reason is it, it has. Uh, doesn't have the an accurate um writer's credit. Okay. And okay. so the the cover has um Guy Gardner on the cover. And I I think was, I, I interviewed Okay,
0: Char- so you're looking at what 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 solicitation are you looking at? Like it's, the one that was printed in previews or this whatever? is on
1: on this is on DC.com. So <laughs> they, they still haven't if Wiff they're listening, they still haven't updated this. And so <laughs> I funny. I um I interviewed Charles about this. And I, I think I did ask him and I think he said Guy wasn't in this issue. And I, I think
0: of, of, uh, of Green Lantern Corps.
1: Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, it was just like a, a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah so I mean, so basically guess, what's, what's I, 21 I about? Would
0: say that the, um, I guess I would say the solicitation is still accurate uh, in the sense of the language of it because Guy Gardner is making a choice and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's, Probably handled differently than what it was going to the way it was going to be handled when uh if that's the solicitation with the old cover than than when that solicitation was done yeah yeah
1: and and I'm sure pe- you know people realize that a lot of times solicitations change you know there's last minute things or you know whatever different sure. reasons yeah, yeah and
0: yeah. like and, the Green Lantern core cover now is uh is a really really sharp cover. Um it's uh JG Jones did it. It looks really good. So
1: wow. I don't think I've seen that. Um I don't
0: know. Uh, I don't think it's been
1: published yet. Yeah. Well, it should be out. <laughs> yeah. People should be seeing it. They Oof. should be seeing it, yep. Yeah. So um Yeah, so so you're you're working on Green
0: Lantern Core as well, right? Yeah, I mean I'm mostly just co plotter on Green Lantern Core. Uh Van Jensen does all the heavy lifting over there, he does all the scripting and comes up with a lot of the concepts and things and, and I just kind of help him out with the plot and he takes everything from there. So he's really the lead writer on that book.
1: Okay. So maybe it was, because I think I interviewed, I think I interviewed both of them. Yeah. Cause I did, I interviewed Charles about Red Lanterns where, you know, we were talking about mm-hmm. some of the guy stuff there. Mm-hmm. Which, and then, so you're, you're not involved with Red Lanterns like directly. Not
0: Red Lanterns or New Guardians. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, but I, I'm assuming you guys coordinate
0: sure and yeah yeah sure. we talk and we exchange emails and we want to make sure that we're not doing anything that conflicts with what anybody else is doing and any of those kinds of things and the editors come in and kind of make sure none of the trains are running on the same track heading into each other and that kind of stuff so you know it's it's me it's van jensen charles soul and and justin jordan as new guardians and uh they're all super sharp guys all really good writers they all have great ideas and so it's uh it's cool to be able to uh you know talk through ideas with them and and hear about the stuff that they're cooking up, and uh, it's a lot of fun.
1: So Charles' last name is Soul? Yes. Okay. I, I'm i like, like the worst at, at names, so it's good to know in, in case, you know, he's at like San Diego or something like that, and, you know, I interview him and, and I don't mispronounce
0: his name. Yeah, I mean, I'm 99.9% sure it's soul. Like, <laughs> yeah. Robert said. So you yeah, got you can say that to him. He'd probably laugh if I got it wrong. Lord so, knows a lot of people get my name wrong. So now, uh, did I get it right? Is, yeah, you got it right. Okay, yeah. uh, how do other people say it? Uh, you know, Venditti? Uh, uh, a lot of people actually. You know what? They don't. They usually pronounce it pretty well but they usually misspell it it's usually like v-e-n-d-e-t-t-i a lot of people do that instead of d-i-t-t-i you know interesting so
1: i always get people like they always drop letters off my name because my you know last name is guerrero and there's there's so many e's and r's in there and
0: there are a lot of r's yeah yeah
1: yeah. so it's i like to save them in case anyone needs a
0: (laughs) never know when you're gonna need an r yeah so now
1: with um with you know the Green, Lan- how much is is a Green Lantern Corps going to be p- a part of Green Lantern? Because you know Green Lantern is always like Hal Jordan's book, and, I, and and I I understand it still pretty much is, but with him leading the Green Lantern Corps, and then you know with a separate Green Lantern Corps book, you know how much a, 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 of of the the Corps is going to be in Hal's book?
0: Yeah, a pretty decent amount. You know, I mean, in issue twenty one, you get you get Kilowog, um, you get Vaz. Uh, you get Salak, you know, you see all those guys uh, fighting and, you know, in, in the next issue you'll see even more and there will be, you know, common threads obviously running between them, but Green Lantern is Hal's book and Green Lantern Corps is John's book. And so he's now, you know, the, the solo lead, whereas before we was kind of split in time, even skewing more towards Guy being the lead. You know, John is now going to be the, the solo lead of Green Lantern Corps and, there, are, there is going to be, you know, like I say, common threads running between them, but each book will also stand on its own and be able to be read independently for everyone who chooses to do so. But if you want to read both books together, then uh, you know, you'll see those common threads.
1: So you should tell people they need to read both of them together so they'll, they'll buy them.
0: Well, I mean, our job is to 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 be able to write books that stand on their own, and so that's what we're doing. But I mean, there's certainly a benefit to reading both of them. Like I say, you get that sort of deeper background, and you get to see what those common threads are. And there'll be little moments where you know we sort of set up a joke in one issue and punchline it in the other, and you probably would have never even known it was a joke unless if you read the punchline, and then you'd be like, oh, they set that up over there, you know. So, um, you know, we'll be doing little things like that.
1: Now, as, aside from Villains Month, is is there not going to be any like big crossover anytime soon because we, we had two pretty much back to back. Sure. And, yeah. and you know, like one barely, I don't even know if it officially ended and it's just like, boom, you know, we, we had, was it rise of the third army and wrath of the white lantern. I, I always would combine those two somehow.
0: Yeah. Wrath, wrath of the first lantern. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the books are going to do that, you know, from time to time. I mean, that's just the way that that is. But like I say, we'll also be spending a lot of time uh, on our own arcs, and I wouldn't even say that the villains' month is a is a crossover in yeah. a sense. I mean, it's a line wide sort of thing, and that all the all the books are doing it, but it's not like they're all crossing into each other. I think that most of the stories, and certainly the Relic story, is is basically a, a you know a twenty page short story dealing with this one villain and giving you the backstory on it, and you know what the villains. You know motivations are and all those kinds of things, and so I don't know that the, the villains month issues are actually going to cross over into each other so uh, but you know the book like i say the books will do that from time to time you know you'll have stuff like you know Court of Owls or rot world you know like yeah. d c's been doing i mean you know maybe not as long as those, but um you know something along those lines, and so that'll happen from time to time for sure
1: now how does um does does twenty three have a like a firm conclusion to you know whatever the issue is or is it like bit of a uh, cliffhanger then you got to wait till, cause that'll be August and then you got to wait till October.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a cliffhanger, but it's a cliffhanger that hopefully springboards you into October, but also into the relic September issue as well.
1: Okay. Um, so Greg Katzman, one of our, mm-hmm. um, sure. writers reviewers. He, I, I, cause I, I asked him and Matt, I was like, Hey, you guys have any questions you want, you want me to ask? So, um, Greg has, has a few questions. And it appears they're mostly Green Lantern related. So um, okay. his first and, you know, of course, be as you know, vague as you need to be. Um, sure. So do you have any plans for Arkillo and the Sinestro Corps?
0: Uh, not currently. No. Okay. Uh, Focusing on new villains and things,
1: you know. I i don't know if you can say, but are we going to see the Sinestro Corps anytime soon? Um... And again, if you can't, if you know, don't.
0: Yeah, don't. I would. Uh,
1: okay, wait I and mean, see.
0: Yeah, I would wait and see. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, because I, I just thought about that. It's like after after issue twenty, it's like like what are they going to do now? And yeah, okay. Um, then how will you? How will your take on Hal differ from John's? Which I I think you know already. He's the leader of the the Green Lantern Corps.
0: Yeah, sure. That that's one of the things you know, and and trying to bring in some new villains you know jeff obviously created tons of his own villains that are great but we're going to be trying to bring in some new ones as well um new conflicts new challenges um you know all those kinds of things but you know like i say there are elements of jeff's run that i still do want to um try to maintain you know like that sense of grand scale and and imagination and wonder and you know cosmic and all that kind of stuff you know so you know trying to be carrying that stuff forward as well, which I think is just part of the Green Lantern brand, you know.
1: Okay. Are there any less popular Lanterns you're excited to use?
0: Um, that's a good question. There there definitely is. Uh, there's one in particular that's going to have a really big role uh, coming up, you know, starting in October and sort of carrying forward into the next arc after that. But I probably shouldn't say who it is.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, what makes Relic a unique threat to the Lanterns? Because you created him.
0: <laughs> all villains are like snowflakes, you know. They're all <laughs> unique. In and another no, um, yeah. What what he represents, you know, the kind of villain that he is. You know, he's not someone who's inherently superpowered. He's he's a science guy. You know, he's, he's done a lot of research. Um, he has theories, and it's sort of this knowledge in his, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh skill with technology that I think is going to make him different from a lot of the other villains that the Green Lanterns have faced.
1: Okay. This next one, you might have to think about this one. If you had to describe your run in five words, what would they be? (laughs) Um, This is just the beginning.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, um... I said, oh, I don't have no idea. Five words, my wife. It's funny, you know. She always will ask me something, and she'll say, "Give me the dictionary version," because like every question she asks me takes me like three hours to answer. You know, <laughs> uh, so I'm not a five word guy. Um,
1: I, I tend to do my, that too, and and my wife is like, "Just get to the point."
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know about five words. Uh, then, you know, then but, as
1: as many words as easy, like.
0: Yeah, but just say you know we're we're hitting the ground running. You know it, it's risky. We're not we're not playing it safe in any way, shape, or form. I think by the time we get to the uh, to October and people realize what our what our first arc is and what we've done, I think that they're going to realize that this is uh, not going to be somebody who's playing it safe. You know, I think to DC's credit, we've come in with a lot of risky ideas, and they've been on board with them to let us to let us do you know what we want to do and. Um, I I would like to set up the series as, as a series where you know people get the sense they never know uh, what's going to happen next. Maybe not to the extent that Game of Thrones does that. You know, I'm not going to have Hal Jordan in a red wedding or anything, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, to have some some, you know, like wow, I can't believe they just did that kind of thing. You know, all right, let's Hopefully in a good way.
1: Yeah, and let, let's let's take a little little um turn, head over to Valiant for a bit, and then we'll come back. Sure. Oh, uh, so Exo Man of War. So we're in the middle of Planet Death, and
0: yeah, we're almost done. I mean, uh, final, final issue of Planet Death is going to be uh, you know I think it's the twenty sixth. If that makes sense, if that's the right Wednesday, is that a Wednesday the twenty sixth? It
1: sounds last right. Last yeah. Wednesday
0: of the month will be the last issue, issue fourteen of Exo Man of War. That's the last issue of Planet Death. So we're uh, three quarters of the way through it.
1: So now you, you've done the entire series. Yep, and. How how like when when you first started when when Valiant said hey do you want to you know start because that was the the first Valiant book right at a relaunch?
0: Uh yeah, it was the book that they uh, launched the new line with. Uh, I mean, for only a month, you know, the first book was XO, and then a month later was Harbinger. So, and then a month after that was Bloodshot, and then a month after that was Archer Armstrong. So
1: now now how did they approach it? Did they like say this is kind of where we want to go, or hey, what do you have in mind?
0: Now, when Warren Simon's the executive editor, executive editor, executive editor. There you go, at Valiant. When he reached out to me, he uh, it wasn't even EXO specific. You know, he he just was curious to know if I'd be interested in writing for Valiant and any of their characters. And he sent me, you know, write ups on a bunch of their, you know, sort of I guess dozen top tier properties, and had me go through them. And EXO was the one that kind of jumped out at me, and so I started putting ideas together in terms of, you know, what I want to do with the character. I would say the one guiding thing that that they had, which again wasn't EXO specific, but in that initial conversation with Warren, you know, he's like, these are our characters. We want the core concepts to stay the same, but everything beyond that is on the table. So they still wanted EXO to be a Visigoth who, you know, gets abducted by aliens and then takes their suit of advanced armor and and ends up in modern day Earth. Like they wanted that core concept to stay. But beyond that, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of room to maneuver and, and a lot of encouragement from them to, to think outside the box. And you know, Valiant is a really great company in the sense that they always want to hear your ideas. And while they may say, "Okay, that one's not really going to work because of this," like that they, they love it when you just throw ideas at them. You know, like no idea is too crazy or too whatever. You know, like they want you to tell them everything so that uh they can make it and i think a lot of that is reflected in just the way not only just their books come out but in their marketing as well i mean i think they do a lot of stuff that just you can tell that there's people there and there's just a lot of ideas running through that place and they're picking the best ones and they're running with it you know so it's a, it's a really great environment
1: cuz i mean just just thinking over like the, the past 13 issues it's like it so much has happened i mean it it's it's crazy, just you know just at different locales and just like you know how much time has gone by and and
0: yeah, I mean, you know it's interesting i i I think it goes I think it goes both ways I mean, I have people say that, but I've had other people say to me, you know they read you know one of the complaints that some people said about the first issue of ex Man of war was not enough happened, you know, and I was like, really I mean, I feel like he he fought the Romans, you know, his dad got killed. He got abducted by aliens. He escaped. He saw a religious ceremony. He got recaptured. Like, I feel like a lot of stuff happens in that issue, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess it all depends on, um, I guess it's a sliding scale, you know? It's it's not a definitive thing. But I do feel like a lot has happened, you know? He's He's been to Earth. He's been to space. He's been back to Earth. He's been out, you know, to the alien home world. So he he has uh, traveled some great distances and done a lot of things.
1: Yeah, so, because I, I reviewed the first issue, and then— after that, Matt kind of stole it and took took it over. So I gave the first issue four stars, four out of five. Four out of five.
0: We appreciate that.
1: And yeah. um, so I'm I'm looking at it now. My my um my main complaint was the the coloring. The um, coloring,
0: okay. Um,
1: because this this is a, a like a pet peeve I have. It, it's a lot of times with like sci-fi comics uh-huh. in general, yeah. That just sometimes the the i mean there's nothing wrong with the color you know the the technique or anything like that but a lot of times in sci-fi comics it it to me it makes it feel more artificial even though you know yeah it's sci-fi it's fantasy and all that but it seems like sometimes it just doesn't translate well so that was just my that's my my crazy Hmm. pet peeve and then um
0: yeah Yeah, i I think moose is doing a great job on the book i mean i i love the team that we have and uh you know I mean, some of the stuff the mo- the way he makes space look, for example, mm-hmm. you know, and he does like nebula and stuff like that, I mean he's a super talented guy, yeah,
1: so I just said sometimes it was a little too bright, so I apologize to anyone <laughs> <laughs> but, so um now i obviously you you have you know what what's happening after planet death, so it's like see see i because I, I, I don't want you to tell and i know you you're not going to tell me, but it's like. It just seems like so crazy all, all, you know, all this. It's like, is is he going to catch a, a break, or?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> the whole issue you know, after, of him
1: just sitting around
0: <laughs> after Planet Death, he is going to uh, return to Earth and and things are going to settle down for him a bit there. Uh, what you're going to find is that he is going to uh, Dacia, the ancestral lands of the Visigoths, which they were chased out of by the Huns, and that's how they ended up within the boundaries of the Roman Empire. That was on the spot of, you know, in part where modern day Romania is. So he was supposed to inherit the Visigoth crown. He was a nephew of the king. He was supposed to inherit the crown and become king of the Visigoths. So now that he has a super, you know, powerful suit of alien armor and he is sort of finished for the time being with the threat of the vine post planet death, he's going to go back to Earth and take back his people's homeland. Well, the problem with that is that it's modern day Bucharest and there's a lot of people living there right now. So. <laughs> He had no concept of the United Nations or NATO or any of those kinds of things because while he is living in the present, he got there through you know I don't want to say time travel but he you know he got there not by living all those all those days in between the fifth century and the twenty first century and so he doesn't have the evolution of 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 warfare and, and ethics and all these kinds of things that we do now as modern societies and so he's behaving in the way that is completely justified and correct in the culture that he comes from, but the rest of the world is now in a culture that's of course much more modern. And so we're going to start to see how those two things clash
1: now at heroes con. So Valant had a panel, correct? Yep. I mean, I, I should have read up on it and cause I, I'm people know that it's not really Wednesday when they're listening to this, but, um, so I, I remember seeing there's a tease about unity. Was anything on that addressed?
0: Uh, all they did was show, uh, this This image from uh, Free Complex Day, which is like a, a big white uh, you know page, and it just has the Unilead logo on it, so they 're still not revealing what any of that stuff is. Uh, I of course know what it is, and mm-hmm. it 's going to be pretty awesome, but uh you know they 're not ready to uh, to get into any that stuff yet okay then
1: and here 's uh, where you 'll probably have to be big again so with with you know returning back to Earth. Are we going to see any more interaction with with the rest of the Valiant universe?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's already been solicited that uh, issues 15 and 16, Eric is going to clash with uh, the Eternal Warrior, which is something that we've been setting up since the very first issue. I don't know if people realize it or not, but the Eternal Warrior does appear in the first issue. He's not named or anything, but he's on panel. And uh, we set that up because we knew that this moment was going to be happening. We didn't know when it was going to happen. You know, in, in Monthly Comics... An arc that you thought was going to take four might only take two, and one you thought was going to take two might take four. So it's kind of, you know, fluid in terms of exact timelines. But we knew it was something that we'd get to around the year and a half mark, and turns out we'll get to it about issue fifteen, which isn't too far off.
1: And and we we've seen Ninjack already.
0: Yep, already seen Ninjack. Yeah,
1: or I like to call him Ninja K.
0: Ninja K. Just just to try
1: just to try to rile people up.
0: Yeah, you're not the first person to do that. (laughs) Like,
1: where's where's Ninja L or Ninja M? (laughs) and and yes i mean because valiant they're putting out quite a bit now i mean it's like we're we're, you know we had the the summer valiant announcements so we got more and more books coming out
0: sure yeah
1: and and you're just gonna stick with xo for now
0: (sighs) yeah i mean um i i i don't ever want to overbook myself you know I, i i think uh i'd rather you know slow and steady wins the race kind of thing you know so right Mm -hmm. now i've got exo man of war and and i've got uh demon knights which is still ongoing but i've i've finished writing all of it you know i guess a couple of months ago so really the two things i'm working on right now are exo man of war and demon knights and i have a really long creator own project that i've been working on for years now uh that i should be able to start talking about pretty soon so i'd I do have other things I'm working on. Like I say, I don't want to ever overbook myself. I'd rather spend a lot of time doing two and then figure out I can do three and, and that kind of thing, you know? Now, I,
1: I got to say, so the 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 main nemesis in EXO is the Vine. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like it's, it's kind of like a dig at us, you know, because Comic Vine and you know, no so, like, it's like the, not, the, the no. community it's like so
0: it's like we're no, not you we're find not out evil planet death why they're called the vine and it's because you know you get this original um this uh at the beginning of issue 11 you get sort of the original mythology behind the vine you mm-hmm. know the religious story of of the sacred armor of, of Shanhara and all these kinds of things and it comes from this 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 vine on their world called the hara vine and it's a very ancient artifact, and they've sort of based their religion and their culture around it. And so they call themselves divine the because they view themselves as sort of, you know, the metaphorical extension of that. So that's why they call themselves the vine.
1: And that, that sequence was was amazing, just the, the pages. Yeah,
0: I mean, some of the coolest art I've seen in comics in a very long time. I mean, I described a lot of what I wanted in that scene to carry in terms of tone and and overall feeling but a lot of the the detail you know that you've got these sort of borders that he did that look like they're made from stone and there's these vines growing up and down them that sort of flourish and then wither and then go back to flourish again like all that stuff was him i mean he really really knocked it out of the park
1: okay here's some questions from from matt matt
0: Alfred. Okay. so yeah. so
1: just get ready for this uh, <laughs> lay it on me <laughs> the first one which more contemporary music genre would Eric be more apt to listening to—disco, techno, or swing music?
0: Which would he be more apt to yeah. listening to? Yes. Oh man, um, I guess swing. I mean, I can't imagine him liking disco, and <laughs> I would think that all the technology involved in techno would probably drive him bananas. You know. Yeah. So I'm not saying he'd be necessarily be a swing fan either, but of those three, I'd say probably swing. Okay.
1: Um, if Eric and Hal Jordan were buds, where would they hang out? Um, at warriors pub. Okay. Yeah. Now, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, we, we, we will probably never see an Exo man of war green lantern crossover just because, uh, yeah, I would
0: imagine that would be a pretty complicated legal endeavor. <laughs>
1: it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> weird because like in the, especially like in the nineties, it's like, was it was it like, um, what was the Valiant one? It was like Checkmate or Deathmate?
0: Deathmate. I think it was like a Valiant Image crossover. Yeah, I didn't have anything. I wasn't even reading comics back then, so I'm not even sure what the storyline is there. But there also was an X-O-Man War Iron Man video game. Yeah, which – ne- I've never seen it or played it. But,
1: supposedly you know. it's really bad. <laughs> I, I've never played it either. That was, that was like in a small little gap when I, I – because I think it was out for Saturn. And I don't know if it was out for other systems or not. It's like yeah. a Saturn and, and I didn't – that's like the one system I, I didn't get. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean it it's just it's it's too bad and, and you know I I know it's totally not on you and all that but it's it's like in the 90s we we almost had like like too many crossovers and you know it was it was fun they they weren't you know continuity stories It was just kind of like these fun like let's have these characters from other publishers meet up and
0: Yeah, wasn't there like a big uh uh JLA Avengers? Yeah, I mean it was, it was like a sort of recent Futures, reach and past
1: um well there was a the four issue prestige um like graphic or and, uh, whatever you call them prestige format graphic novels because i think yeah. it was like george perez drew all those and because that was like long and, and uh, you know that took a long time to, to happen um they were working on it or, I, I don't know if it was like all the legality and all that but yeah it's like we, we just had so many you know and all the amalgam you know marvel and dc and it's just it's it's unfortunate for whatever reason, and I, I don't really know the reasons, I guess I don't really care about the reasons, but it'd be nice if we could have some of these strange and, you know, crossovers. Because, I mean, have you ever thought about, like, wh- like if, if all of a sudden DC and Valley said, hey, we want you to write this EXO and Green Lantern crossover. And you don't have to tell us, just in case, <laughs> but have you ever, like, like, thought about it since, you know, now you're doing both books, like,
0: hmm... I haven't really thought about it, no. I mean, it's just one of those yeah, things, things that like, I can't imagine ever <laughs> happening, ever. And so I don't even waste any creative energy on it, you know? If they wanted it to happen, I'd certainly be interested in writing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't foresee that happening. And it's not as great of a one-to-one matchup, maybe, as it would have been with the original XO because there is no XO power ring anymore. So it's not like there's, you know, a ring-to-ring thing going on. But, you know.
1: Okay, <laughs> Um. So we got more from from Matt. Yep. Um, <laughs> if Exo Man of War was made into a musical, who would play Eric, Ninjak, Alexander Dorian, High Priest, and Commander
0: Trill? I have not seen enough musicals to ever even come close to casting that. See what what so is Matt, Matt thinking. I guess I would have to rely on just Greece, and so. <laughs> um, I would say Hal would be uh, John Travolta. Uh, Xo, I don't know. You said X, you said a crossover or just Xo? Just Exo. Oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Okay, so the cast is Xo um, and who else? It
1: was Eric Ninjak. Um, okay. Alexander Dorian. Okay. High Priest. and okay. Commander Trill.
0: All right. Uh, John Travolta would be uh, Ninjak. Eric would be the guy that has the other car that races John Travolta with all the scars on his face. (laughs) This strikes me as the only true tough guy in the entire movie. Um, The high priest would be um, the the teacher that reads the announcements, Uh like the mean principal lady. (laughs) That would be the high priest. Um, And Alexander Dorian would be... Uh, I don't remember his name, Kenicky, mm-hmm. Right? Is that yeah. his name? Yeah. Bobby Wheeler from Taxi. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess how am I left with Trill? Man, that movie doesn't have a Trill. Um, that movie does not have a Trill at all. Mm. I, I, you know, there's some pretty ugly dudes in that movie, <laughs> but uh, I don't know that any of them are as tough as Trill. Uh, it certainly wouldn't be Olivia Newton-John. I'll say that <laughs> it'd have to be uh, an
1: unknown. Are, yeah, are I'm going to blank on that one. Yeah. Okay. All right, there's, there's a couple more for Matt. <laughs>
0: I can't wait. I'm uh, looking forward to them.
1: Aside from Earth, why doesn't Hal Jordan ever hang out in our solar system? Is he too good for his own planetary system?
0: I guess probably because there's not much else to do in our solar system, except, you know, I mean, all those planets are kind of empty, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, what's he going to do? Yeah,
1: because I, I guess the uh, Marvel universes has more going on. Like yeah, what,
0: what, he, he doesn't strike me as like a Dr. Manhattan, you know, go sit on another planet and be all by himself and be happy kind of dude, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a bad question. What's, what's he thinking? Um, okay, the last one. Can Eric in the future, this sounds like a request, can he refer to Ninjak and Alexander Dorian as his dogs? If so, can he constantly be asking questions like, where are my dogs at? Or who let the dogs out? <laughs> I know this completely changes the tone of the book. But very few comic books make references to DMX and Baha Men songs.
0: I see. Yeah, um, I, I would say that yes, he certainly has the capability of doing that, but uh, no, he's not going to do that. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe if it was like when DMX and the Baha Men were actually popular, there might be some kind of like joke there. But even then, I think it might be kind of a stretch. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: so this week we have Demonites. Coming out, um, so we're we're on the, the search for the Holy Grail. Yep, and because for some crazy reason, I was I was like, "Ah, oh, man, it's like this is the the last issue," and I was I was like, there, "There's no, no way."
0: No, there's well, there's uh, two more. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's it's out. It yeah. ends in August. Yep. And I, I I corrected myself because I was like because after reading twenty, I was like, "There's there's no way." I mean, you'd have to totally cram everything, and so so we we got plenty of time. Or not, plenty of time.
0: We have sixty pages left. The world is our oyster.
1: So, uh, I mean, I mean, it's 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 a bummer that that, you know, and and you know, I guess you know that's just that's just how it goes. But it it seems like that there's there's so much that could have been done with these characters, and I I guess the strange thing is like like what we've seen, uh, like 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 with Hawkman, Savage Hawkman's ending. He's kind of got a place in Justice League of America. But mm-hmm. with these characters it's not like they can necessarily, you know, start hanging out somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's a bit tougher for sure. I mean, Madam Xanadu is already over in Justice League Dark. Yeah. Um, you know, Vandal Savage and Etrigan can certainly show up and and do things, but yeah, I mean, for some of the characters it would be a bit tough. Yeah.
1: Now, am I correct? I, I think it was in um, Stormwatch where where Etrigan was like buried for like a thousand years, or like that.
0: Um, you know, I, I haven't read it, so I don't know.
1: Because oh, I've 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 read Stormwatch off and on. Um, yeah. But I remember there was this one where I th- I think so I'm, I'm like like because I was thinking you know it's like when is that gonna that has to take place after any current stories in Demon Knights, but I guess it, it could have happened in issue twenty four for all we know.
0: Um. Yeah. Could have. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> there definitely were direct places where. Future storylines are going to happen. You know, I think it would have been cool to have the Demon Knights sort of be this team that you would see uh, throughout different eras of history. You know, whether they're in World War One or World War Two era and that kind of thing. I mean, because a lot of the cast, except for Al Jabra, is immortal. So you know, you could have seen a lot of those kinds of stories. But you know, it's hard with uh, niche titles. It, it's tough for them to find a market sometimes. And I know there's a there's a, a you know people who really really like Demon Knights. I certainly love writing it and. Um, it's got some pretty avid fans, but I guess what it all comes down to in the end is there you know, just weren't enough of them, and, and that's just kind of the way the business works sometimes, you know?
1: I mean, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, because especially like like on our site, what we see a lot is is people tend to try to play it safe. And, you know, I, I guess when, you know, there's there's so many comics that come out and, you know, they're like three or four bucks. So it's like, you know, a lot of people, they want to stick with Batman or with you know, X Men or Avengers. You know, but it's just like you got to try something else, and then you know, you you get the the few that are really into you know, like like Knights. and you know, like when it was announced, I mean, there's, I remember we posted there's so many comments about that, and you know, there's there was a lot of people that were saying how bummed they were that like Demonites was ending, but it's just like, and I, I mean, so something like that is it's like whose whose fault is that is you know is it. The reader's fault for, you know, not and and you know I'm not not trying to you know put all the blame on them you know make them feel bad, but it's like it as, as as readers it's it's kind of our our duty in a way to to spread the word you know you you have to talk about it at the comic shop tell your friends that read comics you know go on the message boards you know so is, you, you would you say somewhat. <laughs> Robert Venditti says the reader it's the reader's fault. I mean
0: Yeah, no, I mean I, I you know, I don't even know that you can assess blame necessarily and and I I I get the sense that a lot of those, you know, fans of the series were doing those kinds of things. I think that for whatever reason it just didn't catch on, you know. Um I mean, I guess if uh if you knew what was going to catch on and the reasons why everything did or didn't catch on, you know, everything would catch on because that would be the only things that people produced, you know. So yeah. um, it's it's just, like I say, with niche titles, you know, it's a fantasy title, essentially, in a superhero universe, and, and I think it's kind of tough. You know, I, maybe they ran into that same sort of thing with Sword and Sorcery, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Are there any other fantasy titles in superhero universes? I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, – I don't have a thorough, you know – I don't list think It's so. running through my head right now, but I can't think of any, you know? So, um, you know, it's just tough.
1: Well, I, I, since
0: I can do it, since I don't,
1: I don't work for DC, I'm going to put some of the blame on them because, because it also, it's like the, these, these other books need to be promoted. And, you know, you hear that, you know, here's a big Batman event, here's a big Superman event, but it's like, you don't really see much about like demonites or Sword of sorcery, you know? And, what what's great what I what I do like about the new fifty two is DC has taken a lot of kind of chances you know they're like here let, let's do a book uh, you know like like Sword of Sorcery for example it's like I I was like okay I vaguely remember that character you know Princess Amethyst whatever Amethyst and so it, it's it's great that they're trying things out but even when you when you look at the house ads it's like you know we we need more to, that promotion there and. I'm also going to put more to blame on some of the readers that aren't actually buying comics because, you know, I'm sure you're aware not everyone pays for their comics, you know, in, 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 in today's day and age. So I'm going to put some of the blame on, on them, too. Where, and you, you know, got
0: blamed for everybody today. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. And, you know where? What
0: about you, Tony? You hey, know, I mean, are you gonna? You know, are you just? You know, you don't have anything to blame for this. Hey, you know I've been, I mean? I've been buying
1: it every, every what about month. A little
0: individual re- accountability here.
1: I, I, I've been, been reading it, and you know, we've been reviewing it. You know, Matt reviewed a bunch of of like the early issues, and and sure, yeah. and then
0: Sarah reviewed. No, I'm kidding with you. I know Comic <laughs> Vine has been a big proponent of the series. Yeah,
1: but but that that's the thing. You know, a lot of people, and it, it's it's kind of. It's, it's almost like just a generation where a lot of people, not everyone, and, you know, not everyone on Comic Vine, but, you know, a lot of people um, feel entitled to things. And, you know, because I was a high school math teacher for a while. So, you know, I, I, I kind of got the the way – just a, the whole, like, internet, Google, you know, generation where it's like, you know, you can look everything up. You, you can go to YouTube and you can watch things. So people aren't really used to paying for things because it, it's, it's easily available and, you know, some people feel like, well, why should I pay when it's there? But they don't realize that, you know, people need – they're trying to make a living off of this. And, you know, and the publishers are, you know, trying to be profitable. So it, it just it, – it really, really bugs me when, you know, like we have a pretty strict rule on, you know, on our site where, you know, you don't talk about pirating or Torrent or anything like that. It's like, you know, I don't want to see that anywhere because – you know, for me, I need the industry to to, to thrive so I can keep doing this. Sure. And, yeah. And I'm sure, yeah. you know, you you feel the same way. So it's just.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is hard, you know. It, it is, I think, a generational thing, technology changing the way it is. And, and uh, I do think that digital comics is is getting us maybe, you know, to a place where people aren't so opposed to paying for downloaded comics, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I don't know. I I hear just as many people say that, uh, you know, illegal downloads are good as as say that illegal downloads are bad, you know, in in the sense that it's good in the sense that it builds buzz and and leads people to actually buy the book they might never have heard about it before and stuff like that. So I don't know. I guess I haven't looked at the data on that. You know, I'm too much into just writing comics and and letting other people worry about those things, I suppose. But, you know, again, I think that it's – it's really more than anything else just a situation where it, it was a niche title it doesn't have any you know a-list characters on it i mean the biggest character is, on the book was etrigan and it's not like etrigan uh is like a super a-list uh guy or anything like that i mean he's certainly noticeable and to people who are in comics but i don't think you know he's on the same level obviously as somebody like a you know a superman or a a Batman or a Spider Man, that's like a household name, you know, Green Lantern or anything like that. So maybe that contributed to the situation as well because I think that would also hold true for sort of sorcery and things like that.
1: Maybe what you need to do is include like one of Bruce Wayne's ancient ancestors.
0: <laughs> it should have been Demon Knights with uh Batman is what it should have been.
1: Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, Batman and the Outsiders like Batman exactly. and the Demon Knights.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, let's okay. I don't know if you want to take on some of these totally random, um, non-specific. I can, I can
0: give them a shot, sure.
1: Um, okay, so let's see. I forgot where, where, where was. Okay, here we go. So this is from Ectoborg on our, our community. So he says, "What was the best comic book resurrection? There have been many cases of eye rolling resurrections that, but were there any that were just as profound as the superhero deaths?" Like, what, what's your thought as a, as a writer on, you know, because we've seen, it, it's kind of gone down a little bit, but for, for a while recently, we're seeing a, like a lot of deaths. And this is more so at Marvel, so we can point the finger over there, where it's like people are constantly dying and then they'd come back, you know, it's it kind of like the mini mini stunt or event. Sure. So, yeah. and and realistically, like you kill a popular, you, you kill, you know, someone like Captain America or Batman. It's like, yeah, of course they're going to come back. So what are your thoughts on on deaths? Are you killing off Hal Jordan (laughs) and then bringing him back in like two months?
0: Darn it. You spoiled it.
1: (laughs) That's a cliffhanger in August, and then he's going to come back in October.
0: What a scoop you just got. I mean, it was like you just coaxed it out of (laughs) me, you know? I would say I don't – I'm not – I mean, I started reading comics pretty late in life, and so I'm not super steeped in the – and the uh, the mythologies and the continuities of any of the major characters, you know, or even minor characters. So I don't know that I can run a list down in my head. But from what I uh, uh, recall, you know, from what I've read of DC, granted, it's not necessarily a whole lot of uh, resurrections in there. But I think the Blackest Night thing was pretty cool because a lot of these characters got rec- resurrected in the sense that they were back, but they were also dead still. So mm-hmm. that was probably not your typical comic book resurrection, you know? And, and you have that moment where Jon Stewart is uh, surrounded by a bunch of people that, you know, died on Zanshi or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I think that that was handled well as, in terms of like, oh, there's the guy in his uniform, but he's also kind of dead still, you know? So that was that's a good way to do it.
1: I thought like w- with that, because, you know, whenever someone dies— it's like you know that there there's there's always some way that they can get around it. You know, they weren't really dead, you know, the the body was hidden, they were in a coma or something like that. But with like Blackest Night, I think that that kind of made it like, no, these people are dead because they were resurrected as this rotting zombie, you know. Yeah. yeah. And although I think Vibe was resurrected in during Blackest Night, and now obviously he's better. So, <laughs> which is good. I I, I like I like the vibe book. Um, yeah, I like yeah. like where where they're going with that because there are a lot of people were like like vibe. I mean, I actually I asked Jeff Johns. I I did an interview like before Justly came over. I was like, why vibe? And he's like, why not? <laughs> and then he gave this this big nice great reason. And so,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's got some really good cooked up. You know, he always does.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's a question from Z guy ninety one. Um, do you know if Batman's history with the Outsiders is still in continuity? One of the recent issues of Batman Inc. Number one suggests that it is, but I don't know. Are they still around as a team? If so, who is in it? And who's the leader? I so, have no idea. Yeah. And and that's the thing where that that's what I was getting at before is where DC should not have given the specific five year number. Mm-hmm. You know, they should have just said many years ago and just you know left it vague like that. And then. Where it gets confusing for readers is because, like, Batman and and Green Lantern's history has pretty much, for the most part, carried over. Mm -hmm. But then, like, everyone else's hasn't. So, as far as Batman's history with the Outsiders, I would think it might kind of still be there. But, again, you're you're trying to cram that into five years, which, you know, because that that was a problem before – you know, we we don't necessarily know how long Batman was Batman, and you know we just didn't really think about it because you know you got the sliding timeline, so you just didn't care. But by by placing that number on there, I guess it makes people more aware. So I would say sure. yeah. it probably has happened since most of his history has happened. But yeah, there wasn't it wasn't um, Batman Incorporated where some other people mention it, and I don't that was Grant Morrison writing it, so he probably just wrote whatever he wanted without. Asking whether, you know, it really happened or not. So I don't know, but I I like to think that if they didn't specifically say it didn't happen, then it did happen somehow. You know, it may not make sense how you can fit it in a timeline, but I say it did happen. Um. Okay. Straightforward yes or no question. Do you think that incorporating the Wildstorm characters into the DC universe was a good idea? Why or why not? I think I, I I'm I'm for it as long as they they can make it work. I don't know how you feel about that. All
0: right. Well, you said it was a, uh, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. You said it was a straight yes or no question, but then you also said to follow it up. But uh, I mean, I would say that, yeah, it was a good idea in the sense that they, they do own all those characters and there's a lot of uh, characters from Wildstorm that are pretty cool. So yeah, why not make use of them? And if you're, rebooting the whole thing why not bring them all in together so yeah i think that was a, a good idea
1: yeah because um in the movement number two so gail simone's yeah. um i won't give it away in case people still haven't read It came out last week but there's sure. a, a a wild storm character to, that pops up in the last page and i was like whoa i was, I was excited to see that yeah so, so, so sure. and you know like having grifter um i you know i i was excited about that and then um I'll admit when Deathblow came on the scene in in Grifter I wasn't reading those issues and I really like Deathblow so it's like I I was a little hesitant to read those issues because of that you know as how it would work out um Yeah but I I th- I think it's you know it's like why not and you know it, it just it makes the the universe bigger or the world bigger because you know everything's always focused on you know Metropolis or Gotham so it's like why not have all this other stuff going on
0: you know just because i agree yeah
1: and and you you know all these great characters exist do something with them you know instead of just you know letting them collect dust
0: yeah i agree
1: okay um okay this is the third one from z guy 91 it says just a fun little exercise for you guys if you're interested so i guess we can say nah nothing um imagine that dc is launching an all-female team a la brian wood's new x-men title um what would you pick as a concept behind a team? For example, what would their be your mission, um, performing team? How would they all find each other? Which characters would you select for the lineup? Um it could be any DC characters you want, even if they haven't shown up. Um, I would say, I don't know if, if you want to...
0: I'm certainly not going to do that, because that's something that's probably going to come up someday. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, that's gonna, the thing. I'm so... not going to give Sea Guy, whatever his name is, my story. You know? Yeah,
1: okay, so... um. Because you are a DC Comics employee, you know, you, you probably, for all you know, maybe this is happening, you know, whenever the next wave is. That, that, I, mean, that's I, the other I thing. would
0: say that uh, the Demon Knights had a, you know, heavy female presence on their team, Yeah, You, know? um, you had Xanadu, uh, Exoristos, and Horsewoman. So, um, you know, while it wasn't entirely uh, female, you know. Uh, particularly in the early issues of my run, you know, my very first issue dealt almost exclu- exclusively with, uh, you know, Yistin and Horsewoman and Xanadu before they – and also Sir Yistin before they ended up, uh, you know, sort of getting Etrigan freed again. So, you know, that was a, a heavily female cast. Well, not totally female, but he- heavily female.
1: All right. Um, so I, I'll, I'll pick some. Um, I, I think you got to have Wonder Woman. I mean, if, if we're talking about current, current day. I'd like to see, um, see, I, I don't know if, if it would really work in a story, but it's like I want to see Donna Troy. I want to see, you know, Cassandra Kane, um, Stephanie Brown. So, like, maybe all, all the, these missing characters, maybe, you know, they're, they're, they're off somewhere doing something um, as far as why they got together. I don't know. Sure. I mean, if I pick those characters, then maybe I could kick Wonder Woman out. You, know, you don't need her you know if you got donna troy under and um but i my my i always joke that like when you know we say like where's wally west and i always say he's in in london so you know because we don't see a lot of london in a in U 52 you,
0: you know? don't yeah. wonder
1: woman was there for some reason in issue one um and but yeah so maybe you know they're over there
0: or you know maybe uh Everybody, I think they actually said that at one time. That's kind of the law of DC. All the characters that you don't know where they are are all in London. That's okay. where they're all hanging out.
1: <laughs> Which um, people are be like, you already said this. But what, what I found out recently is, you know, Waldo. Where's Waldo? Yeah. And in England, they actually call him Wally. So instead oh, of where's really? Waldo, yeah. it's where's Wally. So
0: yeah,
1: well, He's in London. That's right. Well, they're really yeah. talking about Wally West. It's like, whoa, that's, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, Sinestro and the Sinestro Corps and all those guys are actually in London too.
1: So that's the other weird thing. And, and Who's writing the, the Sinestro Villains Month book? You're not doing that one, right?
0: No, I'm not doing that one. I do know who it is. Uh, let me verify that it's already been released. Right, actually,
1: let's not even worry about that then. Since, um, I, think, I think the solicits came out earlier this week. I think they came out on Monday, but I, I, I don't remember. So anyways... Um, I guess. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's say about about your 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 book. So you're you're doing relic. Yep. And now I'm I'm backtracking again. And um, has the I don't know if this information has been released. I don't I don't read all this stuff. as I I don't I I don't like to be spoiled as much. Even though I'm asking kind of spoilery question. Yeah.
0: So I mean I'm looking right now, so I can tell you the answers to these questions. Um, the Sinestro villain month issue. Is uh, written by
1: uh, Matt Kent. Okay. Because, um, then the, I guess the question, like with that, and like with yours, and whether this is clear or not from from the solicited information, are are they going to be like origin stories? Like, here's who this character is, or is it like current day?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they have to be. They're not all going to be origin stories, you know. I mean, mine is, but each writer is. Uh, is going to be able to do whatever story they want to do. So some of them will be origin stories, I imagine, but others won't. You know,
1: because I, I saw a couple of comments when you know it was announced that Snester was going to get his book. Because you know the way Green Lantern Twenty ended, where he was going to spoiler, she was going to kind of go off and do his own thing for a little bit, and then so I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe for all, for all I know that it's going to pick up on that, or maybe he left the stove on and had to come back and
0: in his <laughs> flat in London Yeah,
1: you know? yeah yeah <laughs> it's a secret place I can't let hell see that um so as far as Z guys he gave his his female team so he he said one and he, he's a spoiler tag on all these so I guess I c- I couldn't cheat reading these um he said Wonder Woman's a leader um Exoristos um Grace Choi Choi or Cho? I don't know. Halo, um, Raven, once she's broken free of her father, Dawnstar, and Rocket or Voodoo. <laughs>
0: Sounds like a great team.
1: But he didn't even give his reason.
0: He didn't even answer his own question. Yeah,
1: come on. Okay, next question then. He, he didn't answer that. Um, Devane says, hey G-Man and friends, have a couple questions. Why hasn't... I- Anyone ever made a Gotham Central TV show? Seems like it's everything the mainstream likes cops, lesbians, multiracial culture, our characters, sex, violence, and Batman. It doesn't seem like it would be overly expensive to make since you could keep super villains out of it um, most of the time and have typical cop stuff with occasional, occasional guy in a Batman costume or whatever.
0: I don't know. I mean, I would love to see a uh, a Gotham Central TV show. I mean, I thought it was just an amazing series. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I read it, it really sort of floored me. Um, Again, you know, possibly an example of a niche title, not being able to find a market like we were talking about with Demon Knights earlier, you know. Um, So I don't know why that wouldn't be the case. I would imagine it would be because whoever the people that are out there making those decisions think that the comic series didn't do well. So it won't be a good show on TV either. Um, but uh, you know, I'd certainly love to see it.
1: I mean, it, it I mean, he, the vein brings up a good point. I mean, I, th- I think it could work, you know, cause
0: absolutely. Yeah. You don't, no you don't, you don't yeah. have to cause it's basically NYPD blue, but they're looking for superhero, super villains. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that's great.
1: You know? And, and maybe someone,
0: I, especially
1: with like the, the, the shield coming out, in in the fall where, you know, I, I imagine there's not going to be a lot of like costume heroes and, and that's where it's going to get tricky. Um, we, from the, the little trailers that we've seen, you know, there are some super powered people, but it's not like you're going to have, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Flying in the Iron Man suit. Although, you know, they can get someone, you know, in a, in a regular suit to just take his place. So I, I think with, with, with that, it's because that's tied to the movie, um, universe. Right, that you have to be careful because, like, I always use like Carol Danvers. Like, if if they cast someone as Carol Danvers, then they need to make sure it's someone that they would also want in a movie if she were ever because you know she could have her own franchise, you know, for all we know. Um, so I just I think you'd have to be careful there. And as far as a Gotham Central TV show, it's like you know who are you going to cast as Batman if you're going to have him? Or are you just going to have you know him always in the shadows? Which you know,
0: that's you, the way I would do it. You know, I would never show Bruce Wayne.
1: You know because yeah, um, I don't know if you um if you ever watched Birds of Prey TV show. I didn't. No. Okay, because I don't think I don't know if I watched the whole thing because I think it was only one season and he was. I think they they showed a, I don't know if it was like an opening credit or something like that because Huntress was supposed to be um, Batman's daughter in in that the way you know they're they're going that that route, so um. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think they ever actually brought him in, in you know, in a regular episode. So it's like, just cast some stunt man, you know, <laughs> give him his moment. Yeah, you want to be Batman?
0: Yeah, yeah, for Gotham Central, sure.
1: Well, okay, he, you know, just something I was I was thinking recently. You know, a lot of the heroes, like sometimes you see Batman or Nightwing, they have to um, put on like the eye makeup around, you know, to to cover their. In through the the eye holes, you know, under masks. Yeah, and like you know, Arrow does it. Yeah, I don't know a lot about about makeup, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to um, insinuate that you do, but and I, I guess I could ask my wife this. But you would think they'd have to have some sort of makeup that isn't gonna drip, like if if you get like hot and sweaty.
0: Yeah, you know, like uh, what do they have the football players wear under their eyes? The black stuff. Yeah, I tried that once and. It, yeah. the brand yeah i sure. think it's just i, mean, I think there's like a, I think it's got like a grease base in it doesn't it i
1: guess cuz i mean the last thing you want is you know you're fighting the joker and all of a sudden you know you start getting That's the last thing
0: you want the, even worse than like an acid flower squirt <laughs> into your face it's like, you like oh no like i got it. mascara in my eye you
1: hang on mascara <laughs> like, running. time out time out <laughs> um that's you know oh speaking of kids what i what i've noticed it's it's when when my daughter is, is over at her cousins her cousins are a little younger and they're doing something like tag or something like that they do this they, they, they do to like for t- or, or time out mm-hmm. and it's like where, where are these kids getting this, this time out all, like, all of a sudden it's like you can't uh, be in, in, in the middle of tag and then oh time out I gotta do this and then <laughs> it's like <sighs>
0: Uh, you know, kids, they just grow up soft these days, you I know, guess. they don't understand what tag was like before timeout.
1: And yeah. my daughter's like looking, it's like, okay. I'm like, T.O. is like, do you guys do that? She's like, no. Uh, so <laughs> she
0: but, grew up hard.
1: She yeah, knows. Yeah. But then, you know, going back to the, the, this eye makeup stuff or whatever. So like Arrow in the, the CW show, cause there's been some moments where, you know, he, cause he cakes it all on cause he doesn't wear a mask. You know, I guess he's hardcore that way. He just. His makeup is his mask, but then there's moments where he's got to do a quick change, and if it's like a grease based, I think that that would be kind of It'd
0: take a long time to get off, wouldn't it? Yeah,
1: or, he, or his his face runner would be red from like scrubbing it. You know, if he's got a little like with the makeup wipe things or whatever, and then to be like, hey, Ollie, why why is your face all red there? And oh, I don't know. <laughs> so these are the things I think about, but I get paid to think about these things, and sometimes people are like, okay. The Vane has another question. He says, Nightcrawler has always been my favorite X-Man. I didn't read the comics where Kurt died, but it seems like he sort of died in vain and that people haven't really cared that he has died. Now that Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler has come to replace him and is much more extreme, I'm worried that Marvel is done with a nice, charming Nightcrawler and he'll be permanently replaced by the broody Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler who likes to teleport people's heads off. (laughs) Do you think Nightcrawler has been forgotten or that his death... Was just a throwaway thing. You I've sort of never res-
0: read a Nightcrawler comic in my life, so I have no
1: idea. So, um, the way it happened, where, um, so there was hope. She was a mutant messiah, and you know she's being hunted. And basically, Nightcrawler he gets like an arm through his chest, like you know, to, to try to teleport and try to save her. So you know, it was a heroic death and everything. It was sad, and everything. And then this Age of Apocalypse was from another, you know, alternate reality, and he was. You know, their world is more war torn or whatever. And so darker, but he is back, I think on the age of apocalypse. I'm trying to, if I, I, they just had a recent event. So he's kind of like off the main earth. And I, that's another one of those situations where it's like, you know, they, they killed off a character that a lot of people enjoyed. It's like, you know, do you bring him back or, or not? And it's almost like they shouldn't, um, but you know Rick Remender is bringing back Banshee, who's been dead for a while, and Sentry, and Daken, and Grim Reaper, and some people yeah, are like, I
0: mean, I I think I've read probably a dozen Marvel comics in my entire life, you know. So all I know about uh, Nightcrawler is the X Men movie that he was in. You know, he was the the blue dude, yep, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's That's pretty, about all I know about him. Seems like an interesting character. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's he was cool. So I mean it, teleporting people's heads off is kinda cool, not gonna lie to you. <laughs> uh, I'm
1: trying to think what so did this what this Age of Apocalypse one, he I think uh now it was just recently too. I think he took a shark and teleported it into the blob's stomach. 'Cause this is like it was like I think it was an Age of Apocalypse Blob too. So like, he was really big. And so you know he he kind of got
0: well. How does that work? I mean, is he can he teleport something on his own? I mean, doesn't in the movies he has to like go grab the thing and teleport it together? Yeah, so, he he can. So he is, go grab a shark and teleport into Blob's stomach. There is there is like a yeah. Out?
1: There is like a big tank you know in the room they were in. So Yeah. He, he did that. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Lost my memory. But I mean, just, was
0: he in Blob's stomach at some point as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: he went in there. So it's like <laughs> wow, Blob's really big inside. <laughs> hey, there's a scene where he's he's in He here. is
0: really big inside. Yeah, was, yeah, He's like a spatial anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's bigger on the inside than on the outside.
1: Yeah. So but that that's the thing is, you know, it's like tel- being able to teleport would be cool, but you know, cuz Nightcrawler's thing where, you know, he he wouldn't be able to teleport somewhere he hasn't been cuz you know, if if he's outside a building, he but can't just. I,
0: had he been in blob stomachs before? <laughs> I guess because he, he must have because he he, odd. he couldn't blindly
1: teleport into a building because you know he didn't know if there'd be a, like a wall there or something like that. But my thing is, you may know. Okay, there's an empty room. I'm going to teleport in the middle there. But what if someone moved like a chair in the middle, and then you know you you teleport halfway through it, and then yeah, you know you're you're all messed up, and. I hear you. Crazy.
0: These are these are things that luckily we don't have to worry about because we can't teleport. Yeah. Now, who the hassle? You know what I mean?
1: Because the the other theory about teleportation is that it destroys your body. You know, you're 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 getting completely destroyed, and then you're being recreated. So it's like right. the first time you teleport, when you end up somewhere else, you're, it's actually like you're a clone because well, your original like the body.
0: Porter deal, right? yeah that's why there ended up being two commander rikers yeah so it's
1: like i don't know how i feel about that i I'd, I'd, I'd love to avoid to commute home but i don't i don't know if i'd want my body destroyed it
0: just, it just doesn't seem worth it does it
1: yeah and then there's like you know um was it jeff goldblum and the fly
0: yeah he ends the, up all weird yeah
1: So yeah, that's kind of gross um okay third question from the vein <laughs> What's wow,
0: the? It's got a lot of them, doesn't it? There's he? only
1: three. Oh, there. There used to be someone. Um, I won't mention his name, but people might know who he. He used to ask like ten questions in one post, and and I would answer them. all And people were like they would kind of get get on his case, and then he stopped, and then he would ask like a few questions. But I mean, they're they're good questions. And um, so he says, what's the weirdest comic you've ever read? In uh, whether in terms of layout, like the chapter in V for Medetta where all the pictures are sideways and set the music in terms. So storyline like Grant Morrison's recent run of action comics or some other weird thing like the hologram covers from the nineties.
0: I think that uh I mean again, I'm I haven't read like a ton of stuff, but I think that Arkham Asylum was really like weird, creepy to me, you know? Oh yeah. Um that was just I'm not saying that in a bad way, but it was just very weird and creepy, and the art, you know, the McKean art in it and mm-hmm. everything was just very unsettling. Um so I would say that one.
1: I I would say um I think it was. I always forget the number. I should know. I think it was Batman number six, where um. So Greg Capullo did because you know, Batman's he's captured by the the. Is this of like owls. an
0: issue where you have to spin the comic? Yeah, it's it?
1: like all upside down and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, you know,
0: somebody just told me about that like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty
1: pretty trippy. That isn't? is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I I think the problem was if you're reading that digitally, like on an iPad, and you tried like flipping it upside down, it would you know compensate that would, for that. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, but I think you can lock your screen somehow.
0: You can. Yeah. yeah. You got to hit the, you got to hit the home button twice.
1: Oh, see, I never do that. I never. Yeah. I should do that. Cause a lot of times I'll be, I'll just move it a little bit and it goes sideways. And I'm just like,
0: yeah, if you hit the home button twice. It brings up a little menu and you can hit the lock.
1: Um, I have to, have to do that. There was, um, also this, um, Mike Allred book It was a vertigo book. Okay. Yeah. So it's called vertical and, um, so Stephen T. Siegel wrote it. It's uh, I don't know the dimensions, but it's it's long, it's it's really thin, and it's so it's like you know you have to open it. Um, I'm I'm totally describing this the wrong way. So like like the 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 binding is at the top of the book, mm-hmm. and then you have to like open it up, and you know because it's called vertical, so you know it's, it's like these long thin panels. Yeah. yeah. So that that was. Um, a cool thing. I'm a, I'm a big Michael R. Red fan, so that that was some cool stuff. Um, okay, so I, I think we answered those. Um, and then there's going to be Superman Un- Unchained. that has a mm-hmm. big, huge, giant um, fold-out, fold-out poster. poster in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm curious how that's going to fold out of the page.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure
1: because because yeah. I remember there was a Jim Lee one where was, I forget. I think it was All Star. Batman, Robin, or is there somewhere where there's like the Batcave in it that just folded out like left and right. Mm-hmm. So I this is like I don't know how this be. but I, I'm curious like how many people are actually gonna take that poster out of out of their comic? <laughs> Not and, a one, and, and put it up on
0: their wall. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it. I mean I just think I wouldn't because I wouldn't want to ruin the comic. You know,
1: you just gotta buy two then. That's that's what I you're mean, trying to
0: it, do. it kind of uh, I guess maybe that's an idea. Yeah, but to me I would want it. I would want other people. I would want to show it to other people and have them read it and experience the fold out the way that I did.
1: But, but then the problem with that also is if you're sharing your comic with a lot of people, every time you, you unfold it and fold it back up, you're, you're making the creases a little more. So then you know, eventually if you're opening it, you know, folding it, unfolding it, then you start to get tears in those creases.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I probably don't have en- enough friends to where it would reduce the uh, paper <laughs> from the mere unfolding and folding, you know? And also, uh, my social life isn't like yours, Tony. You know what I mean? I, I'm looking like at a million people lined up my house uh, <laughs> waiting to unfold and fold my, my Superman Unchained poster. But,
1: but see, this is why I do this job because I, none of my friends really read comics. <laughs> so I, I got no one to talk to comics about. So you're
0: going to have perfect creases in well, the
1: comics. I There is my daughter, like – because my, my my wife you know she she read some comics because um comic Vine started me uh, my wife 's brother and a friend of his you know we we started the site they did all the the coding part, and then mm-hmm. I did the content part mm-hmm. um, so you know my, my wife you know she read comics growing up you know, with her brother and that and and then you know when we were f- first started dating, I was still reading comics and everything and and she kind of tolerated it, she was like, okay, but then it, as it just continued it's just like okay that 's enough you know I've, I've heard comics for so much. But now she actually encouraged me to to do this you know full time the the quit teaching and
0: That's do nice. this, yeah,
1: because yeah. she's like, you gotta do it, you know you're going to regret it but but now my daughter's into comics too, you know she's nine mm-hmm. so so, so it's like my wife can't get away from it, you know because we're we're constantly talking stuff and or it will be like comics on a couch she's like, whose comics are these, and you know my daughter's like you know she, she doesn't want to put' them away, so she wants me to put' them away, or you know. so <laughs> so I'll unfold it and, and with my daughter and show
0: her there you go just one time
1: yeah maybe well i'll, I'll probably read it
0: you do it together the one yeah. time yeah yeah get ready <laughs> and she'll be like can i see it again daddy and you'll be like no no nope.
1: nope. maybe
0: gonna, maybe it's gonna it's gonna wear down the paper
1: maybe six months every six months we can or every year we can open it
0: <laughs> put it on your christmas list
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just wonder how it's gonna be digitally because you're not going to get the same effect yeah, which it's is,
0: interesting. It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a, it's a bit of an experiment, which I think is cool. You know, I mean, I, I like that we don't know the answers to those questions, and we're gonna have to find out when we see the issue. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, the the '90s were crazy in, in terms of things that they did, like the hologram stuff, and which, although I, I, I guess have you have have you seen any of the the villain month covers? Are they? The, uh,
0: I haven't seen the. Them, I don't,
1: I don't even know if they've gone you know, to in print, print. yet. No. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I'm curious how that's gonna. The the 3D effect.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm I'm kind of for that. I I'm I'm assuming that's uh, raising the the cost because I think all the books are 3.99 that month, and some people have been complaining about that. But so I, I I don't know. But with the the gatefold covers, they I I would imagine DC took a a bite for that one because they didn't raise the prices for all that, and then they had to sure yeah. Had to increase that, but so it's it's I I kind of like that, and as long as it doesn't get like it was in the '90s. I mean, there's some crazy things, and I I I assume you kind of missed out on.
0: I did, yeah. I wasn't there. I've heard the stories, you know.
1: But yeah, there's I mean the the hologram stuff was cool. I mean there there's some some cool things, but then you just started getting. What was nice is sometimes they would give you a choice, so you can buy like the regular cover. Or you can get like the special cover because usually the special cover, whether it was like foil or, or prism cover, you know, it was sometimes like a dollar more. You're, you know, you're paying for this gimmick cover.
0: Right. Yeah. And,
1: but then it, it, sometimes it'd get to the point where it's like, sorry, you don't have a choice. You have to buy this, this fancy cover and pay more. And people are like, Ur. so, <laughs> but yeah, so that hopefully it won't go back to that because that could be a problem. Uh, Muckle Flugga. He says, "Do you have one or more definitive ongoing series that you only buy digitally?"
0: I don't. No. Uh. Uh-uh. I mean, I, I, I tend to still read print. You know, I just that's what I, that's what my reading habits have always been, and so I, I still tend to do that. You know, I do buy all my own comics that I do digitally, and I put them all on an iPad. And when I, uh, you know. They're on an iPad, they're on my laptop, or whatever, so that if I'm traveling and I need to research, you know, reference earlier issues to tell the artist, you know, go to this page, that panel, whatever, to see how this thing looks, you know, I, I can do that. So I, I, all my own stuff I download digitally, but everything else I read in print.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. And, um, because it used to be like when, when Sarah was here in the office, you know, so we'd have a stack of comics and we can, you know, hand them back and forth. And, you know, when we, I also, like, when we do the, the regular um, Friday podcast, you know, we, we kind of run through the week's comics, so it's it's easy to have, you know, a stack of comics, you know, right there. So you can say, oh, here's this, and here's this. But, and when they're digital, because, like, the way Comicsology and a DC app and a Marvel app, it doesn't separate it by release date. They're mm-hmm. all just kind of jumbled in there, unless you go to, like, the main page, like, on, yeah. on Comixology. So, I mean, there has been time, because, like, I'll, I'll read a lot of, like, the Valiant stuff digitally, and... And so I was like, sometimes I, I, and you'll be happy to know, like sometimes people get on on my case or like, you forgot to mention, you know, this book or that book. And, and so I, I try to get everything physical and, you know, it, it is just out of habit. Um, some of the digital stuff looks better. Like uh, Sean Murphy's Punk Rock Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like the, the, like they, they didn't use super high quality paper for that. And cause I, I when I was reading it, then I, I started reading, you know, both, both ways and, you know, check out the digital and the digital looked like really crisp and clear. So it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you, when you have things like that and, yeah. and, um, Dustin Nguyen, he, he told me about uh, little Gotham's that like his, his concern is like now that it's, it's digital, you can really zoom in. And because little Gotham's like painted, so you yeah. can, you can kind of see like if if he went a tiny bit you know out of the border or something like that you know so uh, you, you can really yeah, yeah. see any, any details or I think there was like one time where he like, scanned something and there might have been like like a little hair or something on his scanner and it kind of showed up and but I mean obviously there's there's a digital first that like little Gotham's or Adventures of Superman or Smallville
0: right you know yeah. so
1: I get those obviously digital even though they reprint those. So I I tend not to get the printed versions of those because you know you have them all all digital. I I feel like I should go digitally and some people have said that cuz you know it would be easier. But then there's a thing where you know whatever your device is, it's going to fill up and and yeah you could delete it and save it on the cloud or whatever. But then if you want to read it again then you got to download it again and
0: I mean I just I just like the experience of reading print, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, but my system, it, uh, it's, it's horrible. I, I had, um, I had like a year's worth of comics on my desk here in the office. And we, we have a bunch of long boxes. Um, like for, I, I think we, I started um, 2006 is when Comic Vine started. So I was kind of keeping those comics separate. And, you know, my wife is like, get these comics out of house, take them to the office, please. And, but in the past year when we we came over to CBS i would just put them on my desk but there was kind of a system you know i wasn't alphabetizing them right but, but they were kind of by stacks so like if i okay here's here's demon nights 20 where's issue 19 i could go back like theoretically like four stacks and i can find the next one and it's like here it is yeah but then the problem is once you pull it out
0: Your whole system falls apart because
1: it, it, you're not necessarily going to put it back. I've tried sometimes where I'll I'll pull another comic off a little bit and, like, okay, I need to put it back there, but it doesn't always work. So, and then I I was, I was worried that my my desk was going to collapse from the weight of a year's worth of comics. So I I moved them into this off empty office. It was like next to my desk.
0: We'll see how long that empty office lasts you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It, it, it it stacks up. I mean, there is something nice about the digital because there are times where I'm, you know, about to write like a feature on something or, you know, just wanting to read it. And and I'll just, it's so easy just to go to comiXology or, you know, whatever the the DC app and just download it from there rather than try to search for the actual comic.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: So so that's what I, um, Oh, here's one. So DMART 1366, um, Oh, maybe it's not the right. It says with Valiant taken off again, Wildstorm characters making a debut, Top Cow restoring Cyberforce and Aphrodite, and the comeback of foil variants. I oh, said I thought this was going to be Valiant specific. Do you think that we are staring down the barrel of a gun that killed the industry in the nineties? Um, I don't I have think no
0: so. Idea. I wasn't there when the nineties happened. You know, um, I, I don't. You know, from what I understand, it was like a it was a speculator boom kind of. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think we're seeing those same kind of numbers where you've got a bunch of speculators trying to flood into the market. You know, um, I you know certainly with the case of Valiant. I mean, just because the company was around in the '90s and they're around now, I certainly wouldn't say that that's like a you know uh, an indication that we're going to repeat all those those same situations. I mean, I think the stories that Valiant's putting out now are probably a lot different, and they're. Their publishing plan and the way they're expanding their line, all that stuff is very reasoned and very methodical. So, uh, I, I don't think that's going to be the case.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I, I just I think it'd be be crazy, you know. So yeah, you can do the occasional, you know, if you even want to call it a gimmick or whatever. But if if you just do too much, it's it's like, I I have to assume everyone in charge of their respective comic book, you know, publishers, whatever, that they know you can't push it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, doing something special once in a while is, is kind of neat, but yeah, I mean, people, although I guess, you know, if there's a new generation of readers, you know, some people say it's like, it's kind of like cyclical, like every 14 years or so, you know, you you get a new wave of readers. So maybe you can try to trick the young readers into (sighs) buying it. Like, look at
0: this. It's really cool. Those gullible young people
1: who have no money that don't want to buy comics as they feel they should get it for free. Yeah. Not all of them. (laughs) <laughs> okay here's one that's um, Jon Stewart related but it's also movie related uh, it's from Comrade Cold he says howdy y'all G-Man and guests possibly he's talking about you um, hate to be that guy bringing up the possibilities for a DC cinematic but with respect to the Green Lantern do you think they should just accept the movie as continuity and in the Justice League film move on to Jon Stewart um, reference the fact that time he." Time has passed and have John detached from Earth due to personal shame, which isolated him, perhaps some sort of accidental war crime. And the fact that the rest of the sector actually needs policing as well. And when his movie gets launched, have the shadow of Jordan hanging over the core. But in a way, no one really directly confronts it. And then at the, after the credits or something, show that Jordan has become Parallax.
0: Is this like? Uh, are you sure this that wasn't submitted by that guy that was on Community? <laughs> What's his name? The comedian. I don't know. Maybe. Do you remember that. Remember yeah. That scene where he does the Star Wars. hmm Avengers crossover.
1: Yeah. What's that guy's name? I can't remember. But you
0: know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. he was
0: the voice of Ratatouille. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ugh, and people right remember. now are screaming the.
0: They are ex- yeah. exactly screaming the like, name. Come on, right you guys! You should know. Um, yeah. I mean, I this is I'm just blanking on it. You know, it'll come to me. And I'm Pat Oswalt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pat Oswalt. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds like a Pat Oswalt question. Um, Very specific. I I, I would I would like to answer formally with a I have no idea.
1: (laughs) But you work for DC, you should know. That's that's funny. People always would would, would do that. I mean, I I, that that's the big question. I was like, you know, what is Warner Brothers? Not necessarily DC because you know they're not involved with the movie aspect of it but it's like you know what is warner brothers and i'm not asking you specifically just in, in general you know it's like what are they going to do with their their movie line because you know originally they were like we're not going to do like a, a big shared universe we're going to tell each story individually mm-hmm. and then whether it's a success of the avengers or like you know maybe we should you know reconsider and you know there's talking to just league movie and i i say i don't care what people say about you know, Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds. You know, if if they liked it or they didn't like it, I, I I don't see any reason in completely erasing it because you know a lot of that stuff was already established. So it's like why why throw all that away? And if Ryan Reynolds says he doesn't want to return to the character, you know, you could have John Stewart, who you know more people know him as Green Lantern from the the Justice the, League animated. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah.
1: Or you know, or you can get Guy Gardner or you know Kyle Rayner. I mean. I, th- I think you could still do it. Um, the only thing is, I I, I say you can't get um, Christian Bale as Batman. That just it can't just do it. Bec- be, my my whole thing is because you, the other thing, and and you're probably like, okay, whatever. Um, but if you, if you have a Justice League movie where it's going to be different from the Marvel universe, cause, or cinematic universes, because what what Marvel did is they introduced each character separately right. and then brought them together. Yeah, it almost sounds like whether you know, Man of Steel would go into at some point Justice League. But, you know, you're gonna have all of a sudden all these characters thrown together, so it's like the question is how long was Wonder Woman around? You know, how long was Aquaman around or Greenlander, you know, all these characters? And for something like uh the 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 Nolan Batman movies if all these other characters existed, it's like, how come there was never any mention or reference or when, you know, Gotham city is held hostage, you know, Superman didn't fly in and, you know, know, try to do something. So I I think you got to be really tricky or really careful in how all of a sudden here's all these super powered characters that just debuted at the same time. And yeah, yeah. So, but I'd say don't throw out green Lantern, just bring someone else unless they really want Hal Jordan. So, which I, I, he's, you know, I have to admit he's my favorite because he was my first.
0: He was your first. Yeah. Never forget your first, right? Yeah, that's right. All right.
1: How you doing on time?
0: Um, I don't know. probably should start wrapping it up, I guess. going to okay. be eating dinner here pretty soon, so. Yeah. So, I think,
1: I think we'll, we'll leave it there with a big, we don't know, but Comrade Cold, if Warner Brothers is listening, he's got some ideas. People, people, can you know, he, he's definitely him th- up. thought this out. Yeah. Um, so, right now you have four books you're working on that on store shelves.
0: Yep. Yeah, I've got uh, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Core, Demon Knights, and Exo Man of War.
1: And and then you got your creator own stuff at yep. some point. Yep. That you'll you'll announce and maybe something with this big Valiant. Unity.
0: I didn't say that.
1: I, I didn't uh, that's say you the did. Second
0: time you tried to get me to divulge something. No, I'm not. There. I'm just saying I'm too, that I'm too quick for you. But uh, <laughs> I do know what Unity is, and it is coming soon, and I think people are really going to be excited about it. Okay.
1: Well, thanks for. Are you going to be at uh, San Diego? I will. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because um, yeah. So I I will be there, and yeah, hopefully will cool, see you out there. Hopefully, my 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 others my, will be there, so you can. Chat with them totally, yeah, I don't know if you there. want to talk to that Matt guy after those questions <laughs> and after that last interview.
0: I expect nothing different from
1: matt he's he's totally professional <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Robert. Um, no and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. yeah, so we should do this again sometime and
0: absolutely definitely yeah, man, whatever you need.
1: okay, so uh, tomorrow no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to do eight hours, and so we were, I, right, I, no. we'll say that.
0: Will you six, I think
1: yeah. Yeah. So we'll save it for next time, like the yeah. story of your birth, and that's right. All, that. all right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you
0: soon. Yeah, man. Take care.
1: If you guys have any questions you would like to hear answered or attempted to hear answered in future episodes, you can go to the Ask G Man video questions thread on the general forums. The reason it says videos because, as you know, this used to be a video, like a forty-fifty minute video. But I turned into a podcast. I still do the videos, the Ask and Ye Shall Receive Answers videos. So you'll see uh, some of your questions answered there. Uh, we'll, have con- we'll continue doing these, these episodes. Because um, here, here's a little behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm actually going to be out of the office next week. But you will indeed get a show. And it's going to be really good, even though it's in the future. Because I already know. So all that time travel stuff. Uh, also on Twitter, you can ask questions. So you can always at reply me, um, G Man from Heck, and use the hash, hash like, ugh, hashtag Ask G Man. Um, it seems like we haven't had a lot of Twitter questions either. We haven't, or Twitter's been dropping them. Um, now that I think about it, someone did ask a question, but they didn't use Ask G Man. They used some other hashtag, which I don't forget. So try to use that the Ask G-Man hashtag. yeah, um, we will have podcast this Friday, regular podcast. Uh, let's see. By the time you listen to this, hopefully um, the video that I was working on early in the week is out. So definitely check that. Let me know what you think. Or watch that video. So on General Zod, because uh, there's a little movie with with him coming out this week so thanks for listening um, check out Robert's stuff great stuff check out all the Valiant stuff but you know a lot of people like I said Exo Man of War I mean it, it just seems like so much has happened there I mean such a crazy book and I you know, can't wait to see what happens when he returns to Earth so thanks I'll talk to you guys soon bye bye so, so my question, my question is, is could, it could it be we don't, we don't know, know. And I would like no, to, ask you ask you ask to ask how to how you which comic book does affect you most emotional that's the question. Oh I'll shake your I head. head. I love Alan. Wilson. This is a John Burn. issue. I love Alan Davis. Davis. I, I I wasn't a fan of this. It's it's this. Probably not. Yeah. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team.
0: I gave this, <laughs> this a two. <laughs>